Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to episode 57 of the Brighton Rock Podcast, the BRP. With me and Peter, the usual duo. How are you doing, Peter? Good, thanks for us. Yeah, you? Excellent, yeah. Pretty well. I'm um, enjoying the summer. Not enjoying the heat, to be honest. It's ridiculous, isn't it? No, me not. 36 or something. Oh, too much. No, yeah. Never happy, are we? Too hot, too cold. All that sort of stuff. Too rainy. Anyway. <laughs> but um, we're back on Zoom after our, um, our epic little encounter um, for the first time in ages at the Gladstone Arms last time out, which was nearly two weeks ago. We had a little bit of a summer break, haven't we? Um, what have you been up to? Anything exciting? <laughs> Any well, more beer trips? I had, a, I had a week off, which was quite nice. Uh, very exciting. Oh, nice. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Good, good. And then um, but it was great to be back there, wasn't it? I mean, beers on tap, pies, heaven, wasn't it? Absolutely yeah, wonderful. We definitely yeah. didn't enjoy more than one beer. Yeah, one. good to meet up with your other half as well, came along. And um, I think she contributed slightly to the podcast too. Her dulcet tones were heard briefly. Um, anyway, we were going to talk this week about... What's happened in the last fortnight or so, really, football-wise, in general, and now being related, in general terms, it's the Championship Playoff Final, National League Playoff Finals, and um, National Divisional Playoffs as well, FA Cup, um, some sackings, um, Potter going up the managerial ranks, and much more besides. And, of course, we've got our dear friends Leeds making themselves heard again. We'll have a little bit of a rant about that in a minute as well, won't we, Peter? <laughs> Look never, at this face. Yeah. <laughs> I never rant about Leeds. We'll start off with um, the first bit of part one is just a summary of what's gone on football-wise. So we had the Championship playoff final, ended up being a West London derby. Unfortunately, the first and what we hope the only one ever to be played behind closed doors because I think for me, it's one of my favourite games of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, well, particularly if you're a neutral, just looking on um, with, no, with no angst um, involved. Um, Fulham have made it back. They've won the game. Um, Let's have a May away day, shall we, next year for the fixtures, please. Uh, it's a great away day, but we need to be able to have it. Uh, we um, don't know when we'll be getting back to games. But um, congratulations to Fulham. I thought they were going to win it. I didn't all the way through until the point when Emiliano opened his big mouth and said, well, we've got to be favourites, haven't we? <laughs> and um, that was the kiss of death, wasn't it? As always, never works for us. There's no such um, thing as a favourite in the championship playoff final. 
even less so in yeah. the derby as well. Exactly. Well, I mean, they've we noticed in the in the semi-finals, uh, their West Stand is being rebuilt. I don't know if that's going to be ready for the new season, regardless of whether any fans are in there or not. But um, interesting times. It'll be interesting to get back there and have a look and see mm. how that looks. Might be a bit blowy in the meantime with that uh, wind off the river. Um, how do you think they'll they'll fare on the pitch though? Um, for me, they're a bit sketchy. They're a good team, got some good players, but they seem to be a bit wishy-washy in consistency. Um, players maybe not always at their best. What's, what's your view on it? I think that they haven't solved the issue that was... I think they've, um, in Rodak, they've got a better keeper than they had last time they came up, but defensively, they're still pretty limited at, um, at the back. And that was the reason they went down last time. And give, I mean, that's why, even even with the attacking options they have, if you look at the attacking options of their team, like Bobby Reed, Mitrovic, Knockart, Cavalero, Kearney, they should have been top two, really, given the, the quality they had. Yeah. I'm also not that convinced by Scott Parker. I'm, not, I'm still not sure he's that good a... I know, obviously, against Brentford, he, he obviously won the tactical battle, but I, I'm not that convinced he's, you know, a Premier League quality manager yet. Yeah, so, I mean, he might become one, but he, I would say not at the moment. Yeah, as you say, with the, with the, um, with the personnel they had, ultimately, they, they finished fourth. Goal difference behind Brentford, actually. People think they're a few points behind, but they weren't. They were only goal difference. They behind. were until, like, Brentford basically wrecked it the last two games. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I see them as red-hot candidates for the drop, unfortunately. Nice club, nice fans. Um, I'd rather others go down than them, but I think they'll be amongst those that will probably drop, unfortunately. I think West Brom will be down there, too. Yeah, I mean, could, I could Fulham be accused of on the championship this year? Personally, it looked generally from what I've seen, it's been quite a weak division. Yeah, I I go along with that. I think even if you look at Leeds, who won the title, I don't think they looked. Um, I mean, they they did look convincing in places, but they didn't look any better than Norwich did, yeah. who looked quite convincing when they won the title yeah. the previous year. And what happened to them? Um, you look we'll at get on to Leeds more later. They had, and you yeah. know, they had Bamford, who has done nothing in the Premier League and actually is not. Been brilliant in championship quite often as them only striker really. Yeah. Whereas you know, when we went up, we had Hamed, we had Bulldog, we had Murray. All three of them got into double figures, and you know, yeah. like, Leeds. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot more for them to do this summer than they, their fans think. Yeah. Their fans think they're going to walk into the, the top six anyway. I won't go on about Leeds at the moment. Yeah, yeah. no, we'll run later. But, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, okay, fair enough. They, they should be better equipped than Villa because they did better than Villa in going up. However, I don't think they've got a better squad than Villa have when they came up yeah. as such. They have, however, got Bielsa. Or have they? Um, a lot's going to depend on that. West Brom, I mean, again, they're another team who, they're quite solid and consistent, but they they lack quality there. You look at them, I don't know how they can win a lot of teams. So defence, obviously, yeah. as the all teams, won't be as good in the, in the Premier League as it is in the Championship. And they're, they're quite yeah. good defence, but they're quite lumbering. And, um, yeah. yeah, up front, they, they don't really have anyone... Who's going to get the goals? I would have thought at the moment, unless they, they have to buy well. I see they're linked with Shane Duffy today, and would be quite a good signing for them. I think. Yeah, yeah, he's the sort of player. That's the sort of fit I'd imagine if yeah. Duffy does leave. Um, the upper scale would be someone like West Ham, but West Brom, I think, yeah, would be a good fit. Might suit the way they play. Um, we'll see see how it goes. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I see it as a weak division as well. The Championship in terms of the promoted sides, it's going to be tough for any of them to survive this year. I think. The bonus for them could be if sides like Burnley, Palace, possibly even Newcastle flop, as we've discussed, they might do, depending on how things fare over the summer. Yeah, um, I think if they keep Smith, 
Even if, yeah. if they spend a bit more money, he's still not a good manager in the Premier League. No, that's right. And looking at the pundits, looking at the betting odds, um, they certainly agree with that view as well. Um, unlucky to Brentford, though, because, I mean, I would have loved to have seen them come up just in the pure footballing sense. I think they were the most entertaining team I, I watched in the Championship. I found myself being drawn to their games more than any others. Um, they play a good style of football. I like the way they run. It's very efficient. They, they run a tight ship. I really like Thomas Frank. I think I've really warmed to him. I think he's a good personality and he would have added something to the Prem. And of course, we, we know that, that that team's going to get broken up. The one thing that's in their favour is that they're very good at regenerating. So yeah, you know, maybe they'll... Comser and Murray last summer. Murray Malpe last summer. And yeah. uh, pretty well after that. So there's a fair chance yeah. maybe they'll lose four or five, but they seem to pick up They've got this, yeah, got a really good scouting system. Yeah, and I think they're apparently in for Ivan Tony, which uh, would be a good fit as well, uh, for one example. But um, yeah, it was a touch of the Brighton circa 2015 16, wasn't it? They, they pushed for the autos, and I think that extra hard effort they did to go into it, which was brave, commendable, and nearly came off. Um, I think they just got unstuck a little bit, maybe choked when the when the ball was in their court, maybe. I'm, I'm not sure. But once they flopped with that, unfortunately, Albeit they did get to the final, they they ultimately did what Brian did and just came up short in the playoffs. Um, we'll see what they do. Um, good luck to them, though. Good club. Shame we won't be able to see their new ground next season. We might not have been able to anyway, yeah. depending on when the fixtures fell. Um, but, um, there, along with obviously uh, <laughs> Ben Rama, who is obviously an interesting higher club than us. But as well as yeah. what, there's also Rico Henry, I've seen suggest as an option for left wing back for, for us. Yeah. And it wouldn't be a bad one. I think he'd fit the way Potter wants to play. Yeah. He is a good player. He came from Walsall, didn't he? And I think Dean yeah. Smith brought him from Brentford. He's a good player. Um, there's any number of those. You could take your picks of seven or eight players who yeah. feasibly could make the jumps to the Prem. Um, and certainly that's the upside from Brentford missing out from an Albion point of view is we might pick somebody up. Mm. I don't think it'll be my man, Brian Rama. He's, he's clearly going further up the food chain, yeah. isn't he? Well, there's that room Chelsea. Like... Yeah, Although Chelsea yeah. apparently managed to confirm Havertz, so... They probably won't sign Ben Rama, I thought then, it seems like. Yeah, it's true, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. I noticed Palace have been linked with another of my faves, um, Eze of QPR. Um, talk of apparently a bit rumoured to be about 12 million, but uh, QPR want 20. Uh, I think that's not a bad price, actually. I think he's probably worth just under 20, so, you know. Well, um, yes, what I heard today is that Palace have pulled out, they won't pay because they haven't got any money, basically, from the sound of it. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, they, they won't pay more than very big million. They won't go anywhere near twenty. Yeah, big budgets um, off their, their team already. Uh, they pay pay too much in wages. It's an odd model. It's a risky model. It doesn't always work. And it's an aging squad now. I think Hodgson. It's another Hodgson, season with him as well. I don't think they had a goal scorer under the age of like twenty five all season or something ridiculous like that. Well, they didn't have any goal scorers at all, did they? <laughs> I think the second worst scorers in the division after Norwich, which is. Uh, not great going, really. Um, however, they had a good defence. Anyway, uh, moving back to Brentford. Yeah, so best of luck for them for next year. But it yeah. certainly seems they're likely to be plundered heavily. Um, what, what, do you th- what do you think about Frank as well? Same as me. You think he's a likeable guy? Seems, yeah, seems very energetic. There are a lot of Leeds fans kind of like taking the piss out of him afterwards. So anyone who annoys Leeds fans is fine by me. So. Oh, good. <laughs> I like him all the more. Um, and yeah, so, he, he thinks he's done a really good job because I was a bit like, yeah, I hadn't really heard of him when he took over from um, Dean Smith, but he seems to have done really well there. And they were saying yeah. it's like quite often Brentford team to start a little bit slowly because they have to change quite a lot and they bring in new, a lot of new players. And then, you know, they kind of, as they pick up, I mean, 
that run after lockdown when they almost, when basically they were like chasing West Brom was brilliant. And then, yeah, as you say, it went the, literally the minute they, they had it in their hands, like, like yeah. that, it's a different kind of. Yeah. It's, it's difficult to avoid, really. It's, uh, there is definitely a psychological shift when that sort of thing happens. Mm. It's happened time and again, hasn't it, with clubs? And um, you've, you've seen people at the, lot, at the top choking as well in title charges. One of those things that, um, anyway, other playoff news. Well, the National League concluded as well. And um, remember, the, the non league circuit was just curtailed all the way from below National League level, but the National League Prem South and North did go to conclusion, at least in terms of playoffs in situ. So, Harrogate in the end made history as they prevailed in their first ever Wembley appearance. A great shame, again, obviously, no fans could be there for that. That's a real shame for them. Um, and it's their first ever promotion to the Football League in a long history. Um, congratulations to them. Nice club, nice fans again, by all accounts. Um, did you watch the game, Peter? I saw bits of it. Yeah, it was, um, it was quite comfortable. Yeah, it, but... yeah right. it was a good game. I mean, I've seen Harrogate two or three times. And um friend of the show, Dave, Dave Shaw, who's an Albion fan, is from the area, actually, Harrogate originally. So he's, he's got them as his other team. And uh, he was buzzing for them going up. Apparently, really nice club, family club. Um, literally as well. They're run by an owner whose son, Simon Weaver, um, is the manager and has been there for 11 years. Or they've got them about so, um, promotions, hasn't he, or something ridiculous <clears throat> like that. Yeah, yeah. And they've had, they've had sort of what you would probably describe as steady, modest ambition. They've constantly been looking to achieve but not being too brash about it. They've worked within their means. And um, I think they've pushed the boat out a little bit in the last year or two uh, to try and get over the line. It was, uh, according to Dave, I think he said... Um, it was probably the case that they might not be able to push so hard next year for promotion. They might have struggled if they hadn't have gone up. So fair play for them to get their shots. Um, yeah. Shame for Notts County, who were the, uh, the losers in the final. Um, but nonetheless, you know, good, good luck to Harrogate. They've got an artificial pitch, or at least they did until a few days ago. They've had to dig that up, obviously, because they're not allowed to have that in the Football League under current rules. Um, as a result, they're now going to have to start next season sharing the keep moat in Doncaster, uh, on a temporary basis, at least until that pitch is sorted out, because obviously, particularly the way the timescales have worked, there's absolutely no chance they can get that ready in time, but they've been allowed to share, so that's good. Um, and also, it won't be the difference, it would be otherwise, you know, it wouldn't be, yeah. you know, normally that would be a real a real blow, you know, to not be able to play at home in your first few league games, but absolutely. no fans there anyway. Yeah. As advocates of the 92 club, as it's now back to being, and now things have realigned themselves, the only downside is, of course, Harrogate, another new name to try and tick off the list. Mind you, a quick trip to Betty's Tea Shop could persuade the wife to go for a weekend. <laughs> if we're playing in the international week, who knows? Um, anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens. But we mentioned Notts County. Of course, they beat Barnet, your old local club, who got through the first eliminator, uh, very creditably, 2-0 away at Yeovil. They lost the, semi, the second eliminator, which essentially is a semi-final, um, where Notts County had home, home advantage because of league finishing positions. Bit of a shame for them, but probably fair enough. County having been yeah, nice in the league. for that game, and Notts County looked the better team, to be honest. And I mean, it's it, it, in essence, it's fair that the top two, second and third place teams were in the final. You know, I mean, that's no one yeah, can argue yeah. that. There's a big gap. Yeah. Um. You know. Yeah, I mean, it, it was probably a year too early for them to to be best set for going up, wasn't it? I think they need to build a little bit more. But the problem yeah, being well, Darren Curry. What Barnet are going to do? Because they've lost. I think they've. They, you know, they've, they've lost a lot of their better players. One, yeah, they're not going to renew their contracts and that sort of thing, so they might have a yeah, rebound. And they yeah. might lose Darren Curry, of course, an Albion connection, former yeah. winger with us for a brief period. 
good and player technically with Barnes as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's had spells there, and he he's a good manager, I think, from what I've seen so far. To get a team with fairly limited resources in there and then amongst it, decent for them. They're, but they're in summary, this season with games being called off, their pitch had really real problems. I think they had four or three or four home games in a row where they were called off due to either bad weather or or, or one in one case abandoned at half time against Harrogate. Really? So that's that's got to be a groundsman issue, isn't it? Because yeah. it's a new or newish ground, isn't it? As far as yeah. new pitch. Um, not, not well, what happened there? They, 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 that's why they ended up in the playoffs, despite being about 11th, I think, at the end of the season. Because they had so many games in hand, they actually just, points per game, they moved up quite a long way. Yeah. Well, um, in summary then, bad luck for the Bees. Barnett and Brentford, both missing out. Both getting stung. Sorry, I had to put that in. It's painfully terrible, isn't it? Sorry about that. Uh, anyway, um, one other bit on National League. Congratulations then in the regional areas to Weymouth and Altrincham, or Alti for short, who are back in both cases to the Premier level. Um, they got their promotions. I think it was the same weekend those games took place. Yeah. Um, and they were they were done, I think, on just home advantage basis to the sides who'd finished higher again. So they didn't actually have a final at Wembley or anything like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, well done to them. For, um, my, my, well, one of my now local clubs, Dartford, who, I, who I've been to early in the season, who like, lost on penalties mm-hmm. to Weymouth in the final. A bit of a gutter. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's a bit of a shame, never mind. Um, but one other final that did take place, of course, since we last spoke uh, last weekend, was the final game officially of the domestic club season, the FA Cup final. Arsenal prevailing for a, 14th, a record 14th triumph. Chelsea unlucky, I've got to say, in that game. Uh, but I'm laughing a bit. <laughs> not not a big fan of Chelsea. I mean, they were unlucky. They had injuries. They had a pretty unfair red card, I thought. Um, things just went against them. It's one of those days for them. But Arsenal, um, fair play to Mikel Arteta. He's managed to grab something out of the season. They would have gone a whole quarter century without um, without having failed to qualify for Europe. Or they have done, sorry. They would have, um, they would have failed for the first time in 25 years if... Uh, if they hadn't have won that game because they didn't finish well enough in the league. Um, but fair play to Arteta. The last time we did a double over the FA Cup winners was. Exactly, yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure if any other teams did. So I have to look into that in terms of were the, were the, were the only team to do the double this season yeah. over them. Might have been. Who and knows? also whether, yeah, in actual fact, whether it's, well, I think the pretty City did, I imagine. City always beat yeah. Arsenal. But yeah, it's, 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 other, other than the semi-final. But it's an interesting one. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if Brighton have ever before done the double over the FA Cup, eventual FA Cup winners. Because we don't, yeah. obviously, for a long time, we didn't play them. It's <laughs> funny enough. Incidentally, so. what's going on with Mikel Arteta's um, interviews in front of those advertising um, boards? He looks like a computer graphic. Have you seen this? Every time he's being interviewed, he looks great and he looks like he's superimposed on the background. I don't know what's going on. It's, maybe he's actually dead. They've just got um, images of him and they're doing uh, generated wording. <laughs> he's, he's not that cliched a... Uh, a manager, though, in terms of his press conferences, but it looks absolutely ridiculous. I think Chris Wilder had that going on for a bit as well. I don't know what they're doing technically, but uh, very weird. Um, Pulisic, he went off injured, and I think that made a difference in the final. What a player. I'm, I absolutely massively rate him. I think he's great. In fact, it's Pulisic, isn't it? Because he's American. They mispronounce all their original names. Um, but um, what a player. Um, what, what do you reckon, Peter? Yeah, so he's this season. He didn't <laughs> do a lot in the first like, three or four months, but since certainly since turn the year out, or maybe even a bit before that, he's been superb, I think, yeah. They're, they're going to have a lot of attacking options next year if they get Havertz as well. They've got, like, uh, Werner coming in, they've got, um, who's the Ajax one they've, they've signed? Uh, oh, um, 
gone out of my head for the moment. Um, oh, well, Ziyech. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. For the um, Abraham. You know, they've got yeah, a lot of got some... attacking options. Mount. Yeah. And players like Mount and Pudisic are, are really sort of discerning, impish, sort of twisty kind of characters that get, that get into spaces and create little yeah. angles and do things that just really add some silk and some nice touches to the team. So I see Chelsea is doing pretty well next year. If they can sort out the defence. Um, speaking of which, Lewis Dunk has been linked with them, hasn't he? Not for the first time. A Chelsea fan by originality, although also I'm sure a Brighton fan as well now for his time with us. But um, local boy for us. But could he be going up there? Maybe. It feels like this is the first window when I wasn't really thinking that might happen. Um, and yet the, the rumours have surfaced. Um, they do need to sort out their defence. But what do you think? Well, we, we all know that at least one centre-back is going to go, don't we? I mean, it's, whether it's Duffy or Dunk or White or a couple of them or Clark going out yeah. alone again or whatever, there's going to be at least one. And probably now with Veltman coming in too, um, yeah. it's a pretty easy link, isn't it, really? I don't know how much truth there is in it, but it, it, it could happen. I mean, they could do a lot worse than him, frankly. I mean, he, the only issue with, for any team buying Dunk now is there's probably almost no resale value. You know, the age yeah. of that, they're not going to get anywhere near. They're probably not going to get their money back in two years' time or three years' yeah. time. Because obviously, yeah. with White, there's a good chance you could get like double your money back whatever they did sign him. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, um, the FA Cup final has been played in various venues, starting with the Kennington Oval. Um, but I think this is the first and probably and hopefully the only time it's ever been behind closed doors. And it's, well, it's near 150 year history in terms of when it first was played. Quick question on the subject of the FA Cup which we'll come to at the end of the pod. Um, who contested the first FA Cup and what was the score? Do you remember? Um, I wasn't Two there. Two teams that no one... <laughs> the Royal Engineers or something like that. You are right, yeah. Wanderers won, Royal Engineers nil. 1871-72 season. At the Kennington Oval in front of a massive crowd of approximately 2,000. <laughs> they, they escalated to 3,000 the following year for whoever that was. Wanderers again, I think, winning. But yeah, um, well, it's the, the 150th anniversary of the FA Cup. And... Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's a great shame, isn't it? It wasn't played in front of a crowd. Because for once, it was actually a really entertaining game, I thought, especially the first half. Um, and um, I, I prefer Arsenal to Chelsea, so I was quite happy with that, really. Um, anyway, yeah, finishing off on the subject of managers for this first part, uh, Bournemouth, some big news there. Since we were last on air, they parted company with the so-called Smug Eddie and um, yesterday, Saturday, appointed his assistant up until that time, um, the, uh, Jason Tyndall. A uh, three-year deal. Um, he's had 199 appearances as a former player. He's been with Eddie Howe. I'm not sure how long, but he's been with him for a fair while there. Um, and he's certainly been in the setup on and off for, for a stint. Um, it smacks of probably a sensible appointment given their financial peril they might be in and that they've got to regroup, but not a very ambitious appointment, nonetheless. Maybe we're doing him a disservice. Maybe he'll turn out to be something of an unsung gem, but um, it does sound like that's all part of the narrative that's going to follow where Bournemouth are probably going to sink into mid-table or lower next season, potentially. Um, that's my view on it. What, what do you think, Peter? Yeah, it's, I, I can see you coming from. It's a little bit of um, continuity, I suppose, from their point of view. They kind of feel hmm. that he's Obviously, you know, his ability to, in terms of coaching, they wouldn't have appointed him. But yeah, it's not the name that maybe Bournemouth fans would have hoped for. And I, I do think they're going to they're going to end up selling quite a few players. And they may have felt it'd be quite hard to attract a bigger name, knowing they'd have to sell the likes of Wilson and King and 
and yeah. Ake obviously is already gone. Um, but I mean, they got forty million for Ake, so that will, you know, if there is financial issues. That's going to be a big bonus for that. Yeah, that'll negate a lot of the problems definitely. Um, one other manager that's gone is Paul Hurst, who's left his role at Scunny. All of this leaves Graham Potter in forty-first place in the list of the longest-serving managers amongst the current ninety-two. Um, that's crazy, really, given that he's only been in situ for a little over a year. Um, the longest serving, by the way, now becomes Simon Weaver of New Boys Harrogate Town, um, who's been in situation since the 21st of May 2009. So that's 11 years and about two and a half months, despite currently still only being 42 years old himself. So he was appointed at a young age, um, much like Eddie Howe, actually. Um, so interesting for, for that, really. Um, the current list, for what it's worth, Weaver, top of it. Gareth Ainsworth, just under eight years in charge. Dyche, well, most of eight years as well. John Coleman at Aki Stanley. Uh, Klopp, Mark Cooper at Forest Green. Wilder at Sheffield United. Eighth is Pep. Ninth is Paul Warren at Rotherham, who's done a quietly good job. They've had to yo-yo between Championship and League One, but that's their level. And I think they've done a sensible move in keeping him. He's, he's kept them on a steady keel. And 10th is another manager I really rate, David Artell, who got crew up into the League One this year. Plays a nice brand of football, um, seems a good guy, ex Morgan player, um, but he's uh, clearly got a bit about him. Um, you mentioned Thomas. Yeah. Okay, the Sorry, other one go on. interesting is Coleman, obviously, is, is his second spell at um, Accrington as well. He was there, and then he went yeah. to Rochdale, I think, to replace um, the, the long serve manager who was there, whose name I forget now, Hill, um, Keith Hill, when he left. Keith Hill, then, yeah, that's right. Then left them and went back to Accrington. So yeah, he's, and he's back yeah. to fourth in the list. Yeah. <laughs> and that's with Weaver over to overtake him by coming in. Yeah, he's, he's a good manager. And again, he's, he's a good fit that just works for them long term. I think yeah. the long term model works for certain clubs. And I think Rotherham, Harrogate and, uh, and Aki Stanley, as you just mentioned, clearly that's the case. Um, the aforementioned Thomas Frank, by the way, at Brentford is sitting at number 28 in the chart. Um, and I think he will stay on with them. So that's looking good. Definitely. Yeah. And as we said, Graham's up to uh, 41st. He was appointed on the 20th of May last year, by the way, if, if people are struggling to recall the exact time. So he's been in for a bit over a year now. Um, having looked at the list in detail, by the way, I can say with confidence um, that I think um, Potter's going to be going up the ranks quite a bit in the longevity stakes this season as well. There's a few in there I could see moving on or being moved on. I won't bore you with details, but uh, there's a few to look out for there. But it's crazy, isn't it? It just sums up the world of football, 41st out of 92 in just a year. We, we, we only have to look at um, Watford and what they did to see, you yeah. know. And they're talking about getting in, Watford are talking about getting in a new Italian coach. Um, I, I think he was at Catania, uh, or, or it might be the director of football at Catania and a new, and a new coach. It's going to be a whole new setup um, geared towards recruitment that doesn't really fit the championship necessarily. I'm, I'm not sure how that's really going to pan out for them. We'll have to see. Welcome back to part two, where we're going to start as we, uh, well, we pick up where we left off, actually, in terms of managerial sackings. One more of those to mention. Mauricio Sarri has been relieved of his duties at Juve. I guess winning them their ninth successive title isn't enough. Crazy, eh? Classic Italian stuff, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, weird with yeah. Honestly, it's funny. Kind of like he seems to not very you know, excite fans wherever he goes. 
And I think they did yeah, that when, when it as comfortably as they normally do. So I suppose yeah, he's not, was. he's not well liked, is he? Actually, no. he, I think he came to these one of those players that came to the game. Sorry, managers who came to the game from um, another field, didn't they? Was he a teacher or something? And then he came into a teacher. Yeah, something like that. I know Rico Saki, um, former classic Italian coach, um, used to be a banker. So shades of Mark Warburton there, actually. Um, but yeah, a crazy one. But as you said, he just doesn't seem to settle in anyway. And I do think Ronaldo going there has upset the balance a bit as well. I think they're not able to play in the way they normally used to play. Yeah. Um, enough to win the title, of course. But yeah, maybe not the greatest of moves. Um, speaking of the more European flavour of things... Um, the European Club tournaments have resumed. The final stage in this epic season um, has seen all the English sides involved and United have progressed. Um, Wolves have progressed. Um, Chelsea epically haven't in their Champions League game, um, for example, and Rangers crashed out. Um, unfortunately, Balogun couldn't play for them. He's uh, ineligible because he wasn't registered from earlier on. But in terms of um, the game... I wanted to mention their Wolves. I mean, they've, they were incredibly lucky. I saw the game in highlight form, extended highlights. Um, they were very, very lucky. I mean, Olympiacos were much the better team. They had the better chances. The, um, the Wolves goalie, um, Patricio, isn't it, I think, um, was in top form. There was a dodgy offside, other dodgy decisions. Um, <laughs> they were pretty lucky to get through. What it does mean is they've um, been rewarded with the toughest tie they could have got. They've got Sevilla uh, in the next round, the quarterfinals. But what the problem with this is, of course, this is a crazily long season already. They've already gone well over a year of playing football, albeit with a, with a pause. Um, and it's going to drag out even more if they do manage to pull off a result against Sevilla. Uh, how's that going to work at starting the new season? Are they going to get yeah. it delayed? There is talk of them delaying to start the new season for some teams, I think, or like by a week or yeah. so. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. You kind of want a, a team like that early on, don't you, really? Because they'd have... Yeah. Mm. Um, well, one, one club I cannot stand is Real Madrid. Um, so delighted to see them go crashing out. And Man City, for whatever you think of them, I do want the English sides to do well, as long as it's not Manchester United, Leeds or Chelsea. Uh, so I'm quite happy City are progressing. Could you see a double a draw on City paper as well? Leon. Yeah, that, Leon, yeah, which isn't bad. I think if they can continue the form they had at the uh, conclusion of the league season, um, they've got every chance of winning it. Could it be a double, City and Wolves? I'll be quite happy with that. Good to see. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Even a Manchester double. Yeah, well, it could be, yeah. No, yeah it could indeed. Um, the flip side, of course, is the, um, the underbelly of what's happened with, uh, with the lockdown and COVID. Droylston, uh, non-league side, the latest club to fold. They've just said that they've had to make a decision to close down because they just couldn't see it functioning going forwards. Um, sad to see. I think Oldham have claimed in the last week or so to be in some financial trouble as well directly as a result of the COVID aftermath. Um, not good. Um, there's probably plenty of other clubs besides. I'm sure this is the sort of story we'll be hearing more and more about yeah, I think it will over be. time. Yeah. Um, speaking of Oldham, Paul Scholes, a one-time manager and a fan of the club. Tut tut, reports of lockdown. Well, I think he had lockdown buster T-shirts or something he was wearing as he had um, a gathering of far too many people in a social space. Not great. Um, just keeps on going, doesn't it? The, the breaking of lockdown. Um, any take on that? No, it's I mean, much it's he lost a, a case against Oldham this week as well, against the club or something. Was, was also I was just going to say, yeah. yeah. It, was, 
it was hard because I think he was given autonomy in, in the normal way a manager would. And then I think he was claiming that he was and did not have that autonomy to make financial, uh, to make a managerial decisions. It was something along those lines, wasn't it? Mm. So I don't know what's going on there, but um, he's lost the case anyway. Um, moving on though, salary caps, League One and League Two have been announced. This is something that's been talked about for quite some time, hasn't it, Peter? And um, I think the crux of it is that um, what's, been, what's been made clear is £2.5 million limit in League One and a £1.5 million limit in League Two. This is overall wage budgets, obviously. Uh, wages, bonuses, um, taxes, agents' fees, and image rights included in those figures. Bonuses for promotion and cup runs are exempt from that figure, though. Um, clubs to be penalised if they go over the cap by 5%. Um, and the, there's a transition agreement in place for promoted and relegated teams, obviously, to, to get aligned with those requirements. Anything to say on that one? It's um, interesting. Well, firstly, um, what's the point of having a limit if you're allowed to go 5% over it, up to 5% over it? If you're just yeah, why not just have it 5% more? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a good point, isn't it? Um, aside from that, I think it's probably sensible, isn't it, to try and get things back under control, especially given the aforementioned problems with, with COVID. Yeah. Um, I have mixed views. I think there's an argument, absolutely, that you know, we should have limits on salaries and that sort of thing in the lower divisions. And it's, On the other hand, though, if I want to invest in my, you know, local club and put millions of pounds into them and trying to make them build them up and put them up the league, is there a reason I, you know, why shouldn't I in a way? You know, it's yeah, it's it, one kind of yeah. The argument's always been, hasn't it, that it's favouring the old guards, the, the traditional big clubs who have yeah. got natural facility to outbid, uh, to outsign the smaller clubs and financial fair play and all that goes along with it and salary cap non-salary cap scenario allows potentially a sugar daddy to come in and fire a team up the ranks which has obviously happened to some extent in the past with Blackburn Rovers it's definitely happened with Man City although they are quite a big club anyway um, and it's, it's potentially going to happen again um, Newcastle would have been the next of those to, to possibly gain from it but it happens a lot in national league level doesn't it there's been a lot yeah. of little feeling with clubs like Salford City and Fleetwood have, have spent a lot of money to push diamonds forward. in the old days yeah, on the one hand, you can see how people would begrudge it, but at the same time, it's quite nice to see fresh faces in there. And for those fans of those clubs that have always thought, well, we'll never get anywhere near the Football League, it allows them to dream for a while. And the interesting you know, thing if, it, if they could not um, link to your income as well, it is set level for the whole league rather than, which is, you know, often the salary caps are like, you've got to spend, you can only spend X amount of your income. But it's actually it's yeah. just like you can't spend any more than this set amount of money. I mean, my imagination, yeah. I imagine that someone clubs in the, in the League One and Two will not even get close to that amount because they can't mm. afford it. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll be swinging things back to an Albion theme in a moment, but just quickly a couple of other um, bits of news football-wise. The Premier League have, in my view, sensibly voted to revert to three subs for next season. A lot of people were stressing about that. I, I couldn't see it ever not going back to three. Um, I didn't know any, if, if anything has been decided yet on drinks breaks, but I assume that's going to uh, be ended because it just wouldn't make any sense. Uh, we're not still restarting in the summer period. But in terms of the subs, I mean, it was a no-brainer, wasn't it? Uh, not just in terms of the right decision, but in terms of the likelihood of it happening because it only benefits a small handful of clubs. So they're going to get outvoted, those clubs. I think the us included in that, I'd say. I think at the bottom, yeah. we arguably have the strongest squad. In terms. Yeah, we... we that's right. As you said before, we may not have the best team, um, but we've got a reasonable team, and the standard through the depths um, are pretty much quite a lot of players. Whereas yeah. the problems off for others. Yeah. So we, we used, I think we used it well, didn't we? The, the, 
the five subs, I think up to a quite a late point, we used all of the subs in all yeah. the games. Um, we used them generally to good effect. And as you said, it allowed us to benefit, I think, in giving peripheral players a bit more time as well. Um, Glenn Murray will be disappointed probably. <laughs> yeah, but there we go. Um, and one other point is refs will be using the monitors we hit uh, regularly from next season to reach final decisions on key matters in VAR. A good move. Yeah, if right. Yeah. When I've seen VAR, yeah. what VAR work, it's when it's, they've had that sort of thing happening. And yeah, it makes yeah. I still think there's a lot to go around offsides and that sort of thing as well. It's like if it's not, if someone's like big toe is offside, that shouldn't be like clear and decided or whatever. And it, it shouldn't take two and a half minutes to deal with. And... No, exactly. Yeah, that's right. So, so that's that. Um, coming back to the Albion then for the uh, latter stages of this pod, um, two or three things to talk about. We've had one signing confirmed. We've had uh, a new kit, which we neglected to talk about on our uh, Gladstone Arms episode. We're going to come to those two about being out and about. We just like, <laughs> yeah. The beers didn't affect us at all, though, of course. Um, but um, we'll come to that in a minute. But first of all, we're going to have to mention your favourite subject, Peter, Leeds United and Ben White, or as they like to say in Twitter, free Ben White. So that's the campaign that's been launched by Leeds fans. Oh, what more can you say? They've really outdone themselves, I think. They've been even worse this week, even more intolerable. Um, to read a few quotes out, I won't quote the names of the people to give them any credit they deserve, inverted commas. Um, Brighton, who will never win a thing as long as they exist, or Leeds. No brainer. He knows that. He's ours. Do the right thing, Ben Ladd. Hmm. Interesting. Another one says off for £35 million, which is, sounds reasonable so far, but paid in four instalments of £2 million a year, with a balloon payment of £27 million in 2024, if we still want to keep him. Marvellous. <laughs> Get him signed up. The lad is class and will play for England. He uses confidence and integrity. Okay, that's fair enough. The other ones, this isn't White's payoff contract. The next one is, he's coming to Leeds to develop. Note the matter-of-factly, he's coming. <laughs> Interesting element. 15 to £20 million maximum. Absolute ma- maximum plus extras. Well, they're dreaming if they think we're going to sell him for that. And then there's one guy with two posts here. One of them says, reading between the lines, Tony White, that's Ben's father, has had his head turned at Leeds and realises just what Bielsa has done for him. Brighton can't offer him what he wants if he's turned down two contract offers. Um, Phillips and the lads have a great pull as well, as, as well, so I'm pretty confident about this. Same guy goes on to say, um, Bielsa's number one target seems young Ben has a taste for Leeds, um, don't know why Brighton fans are getting so arsy about it. Bloody hell, look at the youngsters we've lost through the years. <laughs> All great stuff, eh? Oh, and there's one more as well here. Um, an unknown to his parents' club and fans. Um, no, that's unknown to his parent club and fans. But one man in B- Marcello Bielsa has freed the potential of future star loved by his real fans at Leeds United. Come home, Ben. The kettle's on, lad. That's the sort of stuff we're dealing with. Um, utter, utter shitbags, aren't they? It's, it's They're just embarrassing. If, if I was a Leeds fan, I would genuinely cringe at their social media fan. It's just, I mean, for starters, this idea that we didn't know them, is know about him bizarre. I watched him in a League Cup game in, I think it was August 2016 at Oxford, when we played Oxford yeah. away in the League Cup. It's like, well, maybe I imagined him then. Maybe it was a different white. <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, I've seen him a few times. Um, I know a lot of other people I know have. Um, Raymond, who's been on the show, uh, rates him. I do. Simon does. Simon Tipple, who's been on the show quite recently. In fact, he tweeted this um, 
in the last day or so, saying, it does make me laugh how some Leeds fans act like BHA played no part in White's development or didn't know who he was before this season. Um, and in fact, he quoted a previous post that he'd made at the time in August, 30th of August 2016, saying, really impressed by Ben White playing out of position at right back, winning everything in the air at BHAFC. And another quote from him, I kind of got the date to hand there. Um, oh yeah, October 2014, Spurs versus BHAFC, under 18s this morning, just up the road. Glorious morning, would be rude not to pop along. And then he goes on to talk about the game. I went with him to that match. So we've known about him for six years, Leeds. Yeah. Let's get back onto uh, the reality train, shall we, here? He was the sports player of the year a couple of years ago. He, had, he came in was with, with us for the first part of the season and then went to Peterborough last, or yeah, season before last. And then, yeah, it was the next step on his way. I don't understand how they don't understand the loan system. They, they just seem yeah. to be a stupid bunch of fans, I think, in, in the history of football. They're just so arrogant. Yeah. So, an assumption is, and yeah, we knew we knew about Ben White. We knew about his potential. We were aware of it, which is why we didn't let them put. They were desperate to put a um, loan with a buy, a, you know, an option to buy this summer, and we wouldn't let them. And that's why. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's it's ridiculous. And um, I mean, it's very similar to Sheffield Wednesday. Wednesday have got less to gloat about than Leeds. Leeds now having got promoted, but. Nonetheless, they're peas in a pod, those, those two sets of fans. Absolutely deplorable. There are some decent fans amongst them, I'm sure, but um, unfortunately, they're not constantly the outweighed. Uh, yeah, as you said, I'll be, I'll be embarrassed with some of the stuff they come up with. Like, There's loads and loads more besides as well. Pot, is it, to actually be doing a campaign like that, free Ben White on Twitter. I mean, if they're such a big club, and, yet, and we're such a small club, yet they're still, they want to like, take a player from us, and they loaned a player from us last season. How yeah? How Tim Potts are they? And pathetic are they? Exactly. You say Tim Potts. A couple of other quotes I I don't have written, but I I, I can re- recall. One of them was they were calling us Tim Pot Club, Tim Pot fans. It's a no brainer. Yeah, definitely coming to Leeds, which of course completely sweeps away uh, the realities that we've had bigger fan supports. We've had larger crowds, larger number of season ticket holders, with the exception of this season. That's not allowed for every one of the last decade. So you know who's the bigger club anyway. And secondly, um, as I say, calling anybody Tim Pot is derogatory anyway. Yeah. I wouldn't say that about any clubs that have likeable fans anywhere. Um, but I consider Leeds a Tim Pot club um, because of the mentality of their fans. That was yeah. one thing. And the other thing was just the, the sheer arrogance of assuming they were going to sign him. Um, I can't remember what the other quote was now. It's gone out of my head. If I come back to it, I'll rant about that one later on. But um, the, the, the other thing is, oh, yeah, that, that's what it was. They said, get him in two or three other signings will be fine. But I think if you get him in, you've got who you had last season. Two other, two or three other signings is not going to get you to survive in the Premier League. Is that including the guy from, from uh, Leipzig who they've got to sign, potentially? Yeah. <laughs> when you're not even that interested in. <laughs> uh, go there. They don't want him. But yeah, Leipzig yeah. like, well, we'll have our 20 million, please. Yeah. I'm absolutely desperate to do the double over those guys next season. Uh, we, we've got a good record against them, haven't we? Let's hope yeah. we can continue it. Because... Um, I'm gutted they're up, and I'm looking forward to them going down. I really hope they do. My final, um, yeah, Leeds Palace and Villa going down will be hilarious. That will be kind of like yeah. absolute heaven. And it's quite, it's quite feasible. I think it's perfectly feasible, all three of those could. Um, we'll see. Um, My final thought on, sure. on Ben White, though, is that literally yeah. we have nothing to lose here. If we, if we keep Ben White, we've got a player um, to improve our squad from last season with no money yeah. spent. 
if we, if we sell him, we've basically not lost anything from last season and got a whole load of money. And as compared to Leeds, we basically have got to spend a load of money to actually reach the strength that they were in the Championship last year. Yeah, and we won't be willing to do so unless we get the sort of fee that we want. We're calling the shots here. Leeds fans are saying it's a buyer's market. Well, only if, only if you're inclined to sell at all. if you want to sell it. They've taken yeah, we're not going to... that Tony Bloom quote about, about selling, where we need probably to start selling players. And it's basically, I assume, meaning the kind of backups, like he's already sold Knockart, like we're looking maybe to sell Duffy, like we might look to sell Jahan yeah. He's not talking about yeah. key first-team players who might be doubled in value over this, over this season. Yeah. And yes, he's untried in the Premier League, but we all know he's going to be decent enough quality. Yeah. And even if he isn't, we could sell him to the Championship further down the line or whatever. But I think he's going to go all the way. Um, Leeds are deluding themselves if they think we're going to sell to them because I would be furious if we did. Absolutely furious. And I can't see it happening because they would be seen, until we know otherwise, we've got to look at them as a rival. Um, I don't think we're going to go down next year. I think we're going to do rather well. Um, mid-table, somewhere mid-table-ish, even if it's lower mid-table. But if you strengthen your opponents and weaken your own options into the bargain, um, particularly if someone like Dunk were to move on later in the window, um, it's a no-brainer not to do that. That's the, that's the real no-brainer here. Um, the other thing is, the flip side of it, he has turned down a couple of contract offers um, to extend. Let's keep in mind here, he's on a two-year deal with a one-year um, um, option we've got on him as well. So effectively, he's tied to three years. If we are going to sell, we're certainly not going to sell cheaply and we're not going to sell to a rival. However, do we need to worry, in terms of turning down contracts, is he just playing a canny game, which apparently he did before when he was um, signing an extension after his Newport loan, I'm told. Um, is he not just doing a quite sensible move to get a decent fee to help encourage him to stay with us? Or, um, or is it a case of um, it's an early warning sign for us to look at taking offers that are given by clubs further up the food chain? Um, I mean, it's, who knows, I suppose, is the answer. We've no idea, really, have I mean, we? Leeds uh, think he's just angling for a move to them. Um, but, uh, you know, it depends who's interested and how interested they are. Um, if I, if if I, I was, was a Leeds... I'm into a team who's been in the Premier League for three years, um, playing alongside yeah. one of the best centre-backs centre-backs in the, in the country, and as compared yeah. to playing alongside Leo with the name Cooper, you know, every week, yeah. was pretty, he was pretty average yeah. in the Championship, in my view. So, yeah. Well, what would be funny that, is if we manage to sign Calvin. If we can sign Calvin Phillips and keep White, that would really annoy them. That'd be, that'd be hilarious because <laughs> he is a good player. I do rate him. Also, anyway, um, there we go. a manager on a long-term contract as compared to a team who hasn't even got a manager on a contract at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Just so, just to explain the news on White this week. So, it's, it, it, there was a first bid reportedly eighteen point five million. We turned down flat. A second bid of twenty-two million, which was an interesting rise, if if true, which we turned down. And there are rumours on Twitter that there's been a third bid, which has been turned down as well. So there's three bids by Leeds all turned down. And there's two initial proposals from us for the extension, which have been turned down so far. That's the status we're at as we speak. And I can see you're having a look, Peter, to see if there's any breaking news. Just in no, case. Really. Um, but unless, unless we do, um, we'll, we'll have to sit and wait and see what happens on that. One other big matter that we neglected to mention on our last episode was the new kit, which was debuted in the final game of the season away at Burnley. It's a retro-style kit, harking back to the mid-80s, effectively. Um, so, effectively, it's, uh, it's a predominantly blue top with white shorts. And I think it's white, short, uh, white socks as well, isn't it? 
Uh, but anyway, it's a predominantly blue top with white pinstripes. Um, looks pretty nice, actually. The collar's a bit of a not quite sure scenario. Um, my wife has kindly bought me one for my birthday, so I'm going to be getting to have a look at that soon. Um, but what do you think of it, Peter? Yeah, I, I actually was quite impressed. It was um, obviously it's quite different from the previous ones, but I, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, it's it's a bit different. It's a change from the, from the traditional stripes. Um, if it's long term, I'm not sure if I'd want to have that kind of design. You want to have to come back to stripes at some point. Uh, because it's our modern era tradition at least although it's something very similar to what we wore in the first years of the club's existence so you know it's not not so untraditional after all um i think it looks good and we've got a hundred percent record wearing it so far so i'm happy at this point that carries on we'll <laughs> um, be champions of, champions of um of england in a year yeah time. and our, our new our new buddy from this year kieran Maguire at price of football his co-host and cripple phallus fan Kevin Day um, said it looked snazzy. Even he admitted it looked quite good. So that's a good sign. Um, I wonder if we've got a new away kit coming as well and what that'll look like. Uh, we'll have to see. Um, finally, Peter, unless you have any other business yourself to mention, um, Lars Dendonka, who I think I've mentioned has pretty much tied a deal up. It has now been formally confirmed and announced. Um, he's the younger brother of uh, Leander at Wolves. Six years his junior at 19 years of age. So he's one for the development squad. Um, I think you know, it's a centre-back, another good signing, seems to have a lot of potential. Don't know a great deal about him beyond uh, general write-ups I've seen online. Um, but we're continuing our policy, aren't we? Um, recruiting in depth. Yep, yeah, all, all good. I mean, if you look at the, the, you know, the, the set-up of the youth, it's really encouraging. Actually, a couple of other things that have happened, obviously, is Alzate and Connolly signing new deals as well, which is a, a big step oh, up. Yeah. And also um, the, the right-back in the under-23, Romerick Yappi. Signed a new deal. This yeah, as well. oh, he has as well, has he? Yeah, so, I don't want um, to miss that. But... Been yeah. Obviously trying to secure yeah, the younger players for long-term deals. Obviously, we don't rate any of them, though. We all think they're shit, you know. We just, we just want to get... <laughs> we don't know anything about them. them <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> just to develop them all. Yeah, and I think there's a couple of goalkeepers earlier in the, um, earlier in the summer also, at uh, the, the youth mm-hmm. level, have... Um, Signed on to uh, professional deals, haven't they? I've forgotten the names of them actually. Apologies mm-hmm. to them, but um, yeah, we've got a lot yeah, of goalkeepers and different central defenders. I know, yeah, and it doesn't seem to stop. I think we've been linked with another young yeah, Dutch player as well, haven't player, we? Yeah. Is it Van der Heck, Van Heck, yeah, something like that. Um, so <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Ostergaard must be worrying um, severely now whether he's going to get any uh, any joy. It is interesting so to know what they, what they do with him this summer and whether they. Try and extend his deal and loan him out, or they think maybe actually he's one of the ones who, who won't make it. Yeah, depending on what they think of him, either obviously there might be the time to sell. If we do put him on another loan, I think that we'd be inclined to put him on a championship loan. Yeah, if we can get somebody, um, maybe one of the maybe someone like Luton or somebody like that, a club that's you know, will have. I think there'll be some benefits to playing under Nathan Jones. They do, or at least in his last spell, he trying to get them playing good football as well. So it might suit style-wise, and there'll be plenty of challenges. Maybe that would suit him. We'll have to see. I don't think he's going to get near the first team, is he, unfortunately, for now. But who knows? We're not sure what we think about Brave him yet. squad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, but what we're going to do, actually... Even the investments that we don't necessarily, you know, we don't end up playing for us. I mean, if we decide to sell Matt Clark now, his value will probably triple from when we bought him, you know, already yeah. that year in the championship. You look at what Webster went for, you look at what... You know, to us and the other players. Yeah. I wonder what sort of um, 
where his status lies. It certainly seems as if we've recruited him, obviously with potential to get into the team, but also with one half eye on the notion that it might just be an investment. And we've done it with a couple of other players. Clark would definitely have increased in value. He won the player of the season at Derby, didn't he? Same yeah. as I did at Leeds, um, which is obviously bodes well and increases the value. It helps raise the profile. And one way or the other will benefit from what we've done with him. Yeah. Same possibly with Percy Tao, who again, as far as we know, still work permits um, prevail against us. Um, but he's continued to get good level experience. Um, and and Belgium is our... Basically, he's like third, lo- yeah. third loan in Belgium. Yeah, it's Anderlecht, isn't it? He's going yeah. to now. Um, having had spells with uh, Bruges and before that, was, who's the team? Union. Uh, oh, it's Union, wasn't it? Of course yeah. it was. Tony's team, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so there we go. Well, we're going to do a transfer special. We're going to be getting John Gibbons from the Anfield Rap to come back on to have a quick brief word about one of our signings, Adam Lalana. Um, that'll be on our next episode, probably. Um, we're also going to try and get a word with um, somebody who's going to tell us about uh, Joel Veltman, our signing for our defence uh, for next season, who we got from Ajax. And we'll maybe try and get hold of somebody from Wigan as well to get a view on young Jensen Weir and also on the situation at Wigan. That's the plan for one of our upcoming episodes. Stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we've had our votes in for Player of the Season. We're going to announce that, I think, probably on an episode coming up where we're going to do a review of the season special. So we're going to hold fire on that. Um, let's say that uh, the favourite is winning. Uh, there's a couple of other people I'm waiting for votes from. Uh, but the favourite is winning, and second place is quite clear as well. Interesting. Stay tuned to find out who's won that. If you do want to contact us, it's the usual way, Twitter at BrightonRockPod, or you can contact us on email at BrightonRockPodcast at gmail.com. Um, please do review us as well if you can. Uh, give us some five stars if you, if you get the chance to do so on the Apple format or um, any other reviews in any, any other forms online. Um, all ratings are welcome. They all help us. The ratings are going well so far, and the listening figures are going up, which is great, Peter. I don't know who these crazy people are that are listening to us dribbling on. It's not just you downloading it multiple times, is it? <laughs> yes, I've got 37 devices at home now in order to get all different, uh, different downloads going. It's, uh, it's quite expensive, really. <laughs> anyway, on that note, we're going to leave it for today. Um, we'll be back soon, as I said, with a transfer special and a review of the season special. We're also getting on a um, friend of the show, Andy Bass. He'll be speaking to us. We're getting a recording on with him during midweek. So stay tuned for all of that coming up as we continue things through the summer. Thank you as always, Peter. Thanks, Russ. And see you next time. Stand or fall, up, up the, the Albion. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.